There's probably never been a time in history where discussion of the end times has felt more rel relevant or prevalent as it does today. Through COVID, our world has been disrupted on a global scale, but that's not the only disruption that we have faced. Take your pick from a global pandemic to forest fires to climate change, political polarization, individualism, loneliness, social media consumption, exhaustion, the list just continues to go on and on. In our parable today, the chapter preceding it, Jesus has a discussion with his disciples about the end times, part of which Ashley just read. And he has this conversation with them and discusses it and says that there are going to be famines and earthquakes and false prophets, persecution and wars. And as Jesus reflects on these end times, he offers three following parables that explain how we are to live in the midst of this end times and what we perceive to be the coming end times. He tells the story of a reckless servant, a careless servant, and one, that's, one who's short-sighted. And then thirdly, he tells a story about a la lazy servant, which is what we're gonna look at today. So you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25 if you'd like to follow along. Verses 14 to 30. Now, I thought that we would read this passage together, but then I remembered that we actually told this story in our family experience service earlier in the year, where we had a video that showed it. And so I thought that would be a much more fun way to do a bit of a review and summary of the story. So I've got a short clip that we're going to watch of some of our kids that will help tell the story that we're looking at today. Take a look. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. I got this. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The first two servants went to work and invested and doubled the master's money, but the third servant dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. The master was full of praise, and because the first two servants were faithful in handling the small amount, they would be given more responsibilities. Well done, good and faithful servant! But the same could not be said of the third servant. Were you so lazy? Be gone with you! Then the master took his money and gave it to the first servant, and he said, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. There's a short review of the story, so that's just told in a little bit more of a fun way and throwing some beanbags around. But you have three servants. So the master has three servants, and he gives the first two. He gives one uh, five bags of gold or silver, and then the second he gives two bags, and the third he gives one. And then the master leaves, and he entrusts this to his servants. And in that time, the first two servants double the portion of what they are given, but the third servant, in fear, hides it and keeps it buried on the earth, and then is ready to give it back to the master when he comes back. And then as the master comes back, he praises the first two servants for doubling, investing, and working hard to make something of what he was given to them. And then the third servant, he criticizes and condemns for being lazy and wicked. So as we look more closely at this parable, 
we're going to look at three realities that I believe to be true of what Jesus is saying in light of the end times and how we are to live now. So the first is that we need to play the long game. The second is that faithfulness is rewarded with responsibility. And the third is that maybe we got something wrong. So the first point, we need to play the long game. So this parable is speaking about our kingdom investment. And when the master returns, he wants to see the fruit of the labor of the servants. In his book, A Deeply Formed Life, pastor and author Rich Villadas speaks to the reality of the gospel in this way. He says, when the essence of the gospel is stripped down to the afterlife or to a glorious but strictly individual personal decision of faith, it's not what Jesus described as the good news about his kingdom come. So the victory of what Jesus accomplished on the cross is not just a ticket to the afterlife. It matters what we do on life on, life on earth now. So in other words, we need to have a future hope. We need to have a perspective of the end times and what's coming, but that needs to inform how we live fully present now. So we are called to steward our gifts. We're given gifts. And what could these look like? So some of these are our spiritual gifts. So we think of examples of hospitality and leadership, communication, uh, healing, prophecy, take your pick. There's so many. And it could also include resources, such as how we use our time, our emotional energy, our money, or our possessions. And these gifts, it says, are given in proportion to our abilities. So to be faithful to this call and to multiply what we've been given, like the, the servants were called to do, it requires us to have a faithful diligence. And in other words, I think we need to play the long game. So this is something that I have found to be true in my own life and how I view an investment in the kingdom. And if I were to have a life mantra, I think I'd want it to be this, is playing the long game. So this is, in a world of instant gratification, I believe this is a countercultural response to that, where it cultivates depth of meaning as we live presently but with our eyes towards a future goal. So essentially this is saying that it's not about quick one-time deposits, but it's about a consistent pattern yielding of long-time results as we continually invest. If you think about this principle of playing the long game, I think it applies to so many things. When I think about our ministry in Grove Kids, I'm the children's pastor here at Attridge, and when I think about our ministry, our goal has always been to equip and empower parents and guardians to be the spiritual leaders of their kids. And essentially what we're asking parents to do is play the long game. It's not about what you do from one moment here and there, but it's the consistent long pattern of planting seeds, investing in them, and that we're focusing not on behavior modification, but spiritual transformation. We need to play the long game in our own spiritual development, all of us do, in our own faith formation. In COVID, this year has exposed, for many, a lack of maturity in regards to your faith. Maybe there's a, a feeling of shallowness or a reliance on religious structures. Now, as you reflect, I just want you to ask yourself, where do you might have an unhealthy dependence on programs or gatherings? And don't get me wrong, programs and gatherings, these are so important and they're so good. But the point of them is not them in and of themselves. They are meant to support your faith formation. They're meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in that way. 
So when these structures shift, do we still have a foundation in Jesus? So have you dedicated time in your life to biblical literacy, to understanding God's word, reading it in a way that transforms the way that you live? Have you maybe taken responsibility for the relationships that you have and the people that you surround yourself with that are pointing you more towards Jesus? We need to play the long game when it comes to creating environments of inclusivity and hospitality, where there's investments over time, sacrificing our own preferences, maybe even sacrificing financially, supporting people with meals, or going outside of our comfort zone and inviting others into our social circles. So these are just a few examples of what it might look like to play the long game in our faith and in the kingdom that leads to depth and maturity. Oh yeah, no problem. No worries. Hello. Wonderful. Double mic'd. Awesome. So that's just a few examples of what it looks like to play the long game in our faith and to lead to depth and maturity rather than inauthentic and shallow, quick fixes and one-time actions. And we may not get this right every single time, so I don't intend, it's not like we're gonna do this perfectly. And I wanna assure you that we're all gonna make mistakes when it comes to investing in this long game of our faith. In the parable, we just see what's given at the beginning and then we see the end, but we don't actually see what happens all along the way. We don't see what that looks like for the, for the servants to work and invest. We just see the beginning and the end. So there's an image here on the screen that I think depicts the true path to successfully playing the long game in God's kingdom, that there's an upward trajectory but the, from the beginning to the end, there's a whole lot of mess in between. And sometimes we falter and sometimes we pick ourselves back up. And so I believe that God's just asking us to lean in and to, to focus on that upward trajectory. So that's the first one, playing the long game. Secondly, I believe that this parable speaks towards our faithfulness and how it's actually rewarded with more responsibility. So we invest, we invest our gifts, we invest our abilities, our time, our resources, and we build into this kingdom. And then we await Jesus' return, and as a result, we get a reward. But it's not what we might think. This reward is actually just more responsibility and more weight. The master says to his servants who invested, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. You may have experienced this in your own life, where you've had seasons of incredible weight and responsibility, where breakthroughs and successes just lead to more of that, and God just continues to pile on and give you this. But in that, you might find that you have an incredible capacity to accomplish that kingdom work. This is where the master is taking from those who may have not stewarded so well and is blessing you as you steward his gifts in his kingdom well. I remember experiencing this reality in my own life when I was completing my undergrad at Columbia Bible College. And I remember as a student athlete, this season, I just felt like God gave me an incredible capacity to do those pieces and to steward them well. And it just felt like God's abundance in his kingdom. So our faithfulness in the kingdom results in greater responsibility, but we do this trusting in Jesus, and we do it for his glory, not our own. And the final one, that maybe we got something wrong. At the end of this 
parable, the first two servants are praised and rewarded. They played the long game. They invested their gifts. They're granted more responsibility. And then we face the judgment of the third servant. The third servant comes to the master and he says, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it. Look, here's your money back. And we just, we get this picture of this servant just so excited about what he had done and how he had, you know, stewarded well and he thought, like, I hid it, I kept it safe for you, and here it is. And he thought he had been doing the right thing, that he might be commended for his frugalness, but instead, the master criticizes him and says, you wicked and lazy servant. Just feels jarring. Thinking that he had been faithful, he's confronted with the fact that he got it wrong. And as Jesus speaks to the realities of the kingdom, there are so many times when the listeners miss the point. And part of this is what Don spoke to last week when he talked about the very nature of parables being mysteries and how they reveal mysteries of the kingdom. So naturally, when there's mysteries, there's going to be things that we interpret wrong. He also spoke to last week about how parables reveal the nature of our hearts and that if we're not careful or attentive, that we can become spiritually blind to what God is revealing to us. So we're going to get things wrong. It's going to happen. But the question becomes, what is our response? How do we respond to this? As I reflected this week and even this month, I've been thinking about the ways that I've gotten things wrong. In my attempts of living a life that invests and multiplies the kingdom, where have I missed it? And I want to have a posture of humility. I want to have a posture that when I'm confronted with hard truths, that I'm willing to change my mind. One of the ways that I feel like my heart's been confronted is with our country's history regarding residential schools and our relationship with Indigenous peoples. I love our country. I love Canada. It's a beautiful country, and it has so many freedoms and structures in place that are there to serve me and to help me prosper. But I always thought that this is a universal reality. And I've been confronted that and realized that we've gotten this wrong and that I haven't been able to see the full picture, that our Indigenous brothers and sisters have been wounded by our country. And rather than hardening my heart and denying this truth, I want to soften and I want to think, okay, how might I have been wrong? What did we miss? Where I grew up in a safe home with parents who loved me, another child was taken from her home and told that her parents were unfit to raise her. Where I grew up celebrating my identity, knowing who I am, understanding my ethnic background, another child was told that he was lesser than because of the color of his skin. And he was told to renounce who God made him to be. I just feel that in this area, I feel like the lazy servant who's waking up to the reality that we got it wrong. Another example is this year with COVID. And as I mentioned before, this has been a massive disruption and it's exposed many things in our life. And regarding the church, God's people, his vessel for his kingdom, I continue to wonder where we're being confronted with the reality that maybe we missed something, maybe we're doing something wrong. As a body of believers, we faithfully want to steward and live in obedience to Jesus. Now, the what of what we're doing in God's kingdom remains the same. That mission has always been the same. But how we do it and the method can be interpreted in different ways. And there are mysteries to that that we can sometimes get wrong. So I have to just ask and I wonder, were we 
Have we been too inward focused? Were we shallow in some of our practices of faith formation? Have we ignored digital or cultural realities in our world? I have to wonder, what are we being invited into in this new season? Where do we have to humble ourselves and just open ourselves up to changing our minds? A final example I want us to think about of ways that we could get things wrong is in our relationships, which I think we can all relate to. Think about a relationship that you have a conflict with, maybe currently, or maybe there's a relationship that you're constantly just going at odds with each other. And I want you to think about the times that you felt really entrenched or stubborn in your position, thinking and knowing I'm right, and that's been the most important thing for you. And I want to invite you to ask Jesus and open yourselves up to the reality that there might be something that you got wrong. There might be a reality that you're missing. And just to open up and invite Jesus to, to, to tell you and illuminate the ways that you might be missing the point or that you might have not understood the situation or the other person entirely and to just re-enter that conversation with that person with a humble and open posture, acknowledging that you might not have gotten everything right. There are going to be defining moments in our lives where we're going to have to choose that when presented with a perspective that is different than what we currently hold, will we humble ourselves and be willing to change our minds? Or will we stubbornly hold our ground, focusing too much on the fear of what it could mean to get it wrong or to not be right? Now, as we conclude, let's go back to where we started. We began with a conversation and acknowledging some of the disruptions of our world that we've faced as of late, realities that might feel heavy, things that might make us think about the end times. Now, in response to the disciples asking about this, Jesus offers this parable of the lazy servant, a parable about how we are to steward well what we are given and what will happen if we do and what will happen if we don't. Jesus himself isn't so preoccupied or consumed with the end times. In fact, it says in that chapter that he doesn't even know when it'll happen. It makes no difference to him. He's saying what matters is what you do now, what you do today in light of what's coming. So while we wait, are we going to multiply what we've been called to steward by playing the long game? And that when we do this, we will be rewarded with more of that responsibility, trusting in Jesus, and acknowledging that sometimes we might get it wrong. But will we ask and pray for the Holy Spirit to convict us and to help us see clearly? Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your kingdom perspective. That when faced with overwhelming darkness and when faced with overwhelming circumstances that our world just continues to present to us, God, that you are the light. Jesus, that you break through that darkness and you offer a kingdom perspective that raises our eyes to you on your throne. Jesus, you are in control, and I just pray that you would help us to live faithfully in the present, that we would invest, that we would engage, that we would offer our gifts, that we would serve, that we would build up your kingdom, that we would disciple one another, encourage one another. God, help us to lean in, even if we're messing up. And Jesus, I pray that as we are 
rewarded and given that faithful abundance that we would do it with a complete reliance and a humility knowing that it's from you and it's for your glory. And Jesus, would you just convict us, Holy Spirit, today, wherever, whoever you're speaking to, you're in this room, you are present, and I pray that people would, that all of us would soften our hearts. That we would just soften and humbly come to you, acknowledging that we've got it wrong sometimes, and asking you to expose where we need to correct and where we need to just continue to rely on you. God, we thank you for your spirit that's reaching out beyond this room to those online, to watching wherever people are. Jesus, that your love would go out. We love you, Jesus. Amen.